All right. Um, let, me, let me pray one more time. I always like to... Uh, I've, I've found over the years, if I don't pray before my message, it, um, it doesn't go as well. So, um, Lord, thank you so much that we open your word together. Holy Spirit, ask that you would speak through me. <clears throat> However, whatever you want to say, whether it's something I've prepared or something that you just want to pop in there, that's, that's fine with me. Take over and um, let it be that your, your words come out and that you speak to our hearts and our minds and our lives and uh, change us one way or the other, change us so that we can look more like Jesus and give him more and more glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, can I grab one of those, please? Yes. Thank you very much. All right. That's your project. One thing that you may or may not know about our family um, is that we uh, we like to do peace peace days around around our house. And there's several that we do over the over the course of the year. Of course, we have a big peace on Christmas, but this is a um, this is really a Christmas day. So we um, we do a medieval feast on October the thirty first. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we celebrate um, kind of a, you know uh, like a Reformation Day type thing. We we get trenchers. Um, we get we get piece of pizza crust and use those for trenchers. And we have all kinds of um, stuff to 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 feed it. You have to eat it with your fingers. No, we, we have spoons and no other utensils. So you, uh, everything goes on your trencher and you eat your salad and you eat your meat and we've got meatballs and we've got uh, some sort of meat pie and and um, we've, we've got a, uh, we've got macaroni and cheese uh, thing that just uh, ends up with some um, uh, poached hairs for dessert. Uh, but it's just a big feast that we really enjoy getting together and uh, we've had some meetings of Beowulf and old English and, and different different stuff that we just have we have fun with. It's a lot of fun for us to uh, to fix the feast and to sit and eat and to think about things. Uh, we also also do a Passover feast. Then we you know Passover is a is a feast that the Jews have done um, since they came out of Egypt. Right? And we do a Christian Passover. We use a lot of the same uh, liturgies, if you will, that the, uh, that the Jewish people do. But we realize that that's all fulfilled in Jesus. So we, we have the lamb and we have the matzo uh, soup. And um, our favorite, I think matzo is the one that's delicious, but the favorite thing 
They are looking at him as the, their savior and their king. And he, he goes into... Um, I mean... Uh, uh, I'm in Mark chapter 11. Sorry, I didn't give that to you before. I'm going to bounce around a few different places. So if you want to stay here, great. Or you can just listen... Uh, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he goes, do you know, where does he go from? He goes into Jerusalem and he ends up at the temple. So you've got everybody who is, who is claiming him as their king. He's the conquering king coming back into his kingdom. They're saying, this is the Christ. This is the son of David. This is the one who's going to save us from what they're thinking of. That he's going to save us from the Romans more than anything. It's not, they don't have this idea of he's coming to save us from our sins. And he goes in, and what does he do? He goes to the temple. And this is interesting. So Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple. And after looking around at everything, he left. The climax is, he looked around and left. What was he looking for? I'll tell you in just a second what I believe he's looking for. But let me tell you, Jesus, I believe, in the last week 
shows a picture of how he fulfills all of the different feasts of Israel. And if Jesus fulfills them, we're his body, right? So there's something that we need to learn um, and well, we can enter into these feasts with Jesus. Um, the, the way Jesus entered into Jerusalem and the, what they were singing about him as the Savior and the King and where he went to the temple, um, it, the, the triumphal entry is very much a, a tabernacles. It's a very much a, a feast of tabernacles entry. Uh, it's Sukkot. Okay, tabernacles was a time, you know, they, um, Israel came out of Egypt and then they had to spend a, um, uh, they, they were in tents for 40 years, right? And what, what, did, what did God do? He said, build me a tent. I want to be in a tent with you. That's kind of cool, right? I think, you know, um, we have, it's been, uh, other cities have this right now where you have a bunch of people that are living in tents. We oftentimes in the warmer months have a bunch of people living in tents down here by the, by the river, Right? And, G- and God says, I want to live in a tent with you. I want to be with you. I'm not like you. I don't look like you. I don't act like you. I've got a whole lot more power than you do. But I want to live in a tent with you. And that's what he does. He comes and he lives in a tent with Israel. Right? He wants to live in a tent with us too. He goes into Jerusalem. This is very much a, a tabernacles dealing. What, what I believe he does is he, he, he walks into the, um, uh, into the temple and says he looks around. Well, if you, if you look right up um, and actually flip over to Luke 18. Um, I'm, I'm kind of combining some of the synoptics here. Um, Luke 18, 8. Uh, so this is just up from in the Mark passage. You see that Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus. And Luke 18 is where blind Bartimaeus is. Um, but part of that before Luke 18, 8 says, I will tell you, I will bring about justice from them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith? I believe he's looking for faith. And you can see as you go down into the passage, it's where um, he curses the fig tree, right? He curses the fig tree, and then um, he's like, ah, the disciples say, how did you do that? I said, well, if you have faith, right? I believe he's looking for faith. Now, we tend to believe that when Jesus comes, comes around, he's looking for sin. You know what? Like I said, he came and he tabernacled with us. He lived in a tent with us. He knows that we, he knows that we blow it. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I, is is anybody in here who hasn't blown it like in the last, let's say, week? If there is, then you can come preach and I'll go take my seat and you can talk to us, okay? But I think all of us, all of us blow it. Jesus knows that we blow it. All right? He knows none of us in here are perfect, and we're not going to be, and that's okay. Not that we aren't supposed to be on a road getting to be more and more like him. But when he comes, he's not looking for, hey, are you perfect? 
so that I can um, do something good for you? No. What he's looking for is, are you trusting in me? Are you believing in me? Are you, are you on that road? Are you, are you seeking after me? He's looking for the faith of saying, are you actually trusting in me? If Jesus were to walk in here this morning, what would he find? If you're to walk in these doors, take that seat there next to Ruth and look around. Would he find a group that is saying, with all my heart, I'm going after you. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm repenting when I need to. I'm believing. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my heart. Remember, remember what they said when he was coming down the hill? They said, um, Hosanna, save! Save, O oh Lord! Right? The king is coming. Hosanna to the son of David. Is he not only your savior, but is he your king? Is he your Lord? Is he just there for convenience, which we'll see in another feast in just a second? Is he there for convenience? Or are you actually putting your trust in him and saying, you're the Lord of my life. Whatever you say, whatever you say goes. coat. When he comes in, what's he going to find? Faith. Hope. Amen. So of course, um, that, that's, that's Sukkot. You know, uh, the next day, alright, so that was Sunday, um, the next day, it says he goes in and he does something that we, uh, it'd be really uncomfortable for us. Can you imagine how uncomfortable it was for the disciples when Jesus goes back to the temple and he drives out all the money changers? He, he takes the tables and turns them over. They're, they're selling doves and they're doing this, that, and the other. And, he, and he, he overturns the tables and he starts hollering and saying, Get out of here. You, um, let me look. Um, this is, uh, I'm back in Mark 11. Um, he began to teach and say to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you've made it a robber's den? He wouldn't permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. And, and we wonder where they crucified him. You know, it's like, I mean, what, what would we do if Jesus walked in here and all of a sudden started turning over chairs and went into the fellowship hall and, and all, of, all of a sudden we see all the tables and they're scattered all about on the floor. What are you guys doing? 
we'd probably get on the phone to the Willamette Police Department and say, we have somebody who's crazy in here. Would you please come and pick him up? Which is exactly what the chief priest did, right? The Pharisees and Sadducees said, how do we destroy this guy? He's really messing with our system. What, what's, what he says, though, what Jesus says is really interesting. Um, it actually comes out of Jeremiah 7. And um, this is it's Jeremiah quoting, or it, it's God speaking through Jeremiah. All right? So Jesus is now saying, quoting his father um, to these folks in, in the temple when he says, uh, my house, my, so the, my house should be called the house of prayer for the nations is that of Isaiah. You have made it a robber's den. And the, the terminology there for the robber's den, I want you to think about it this way. It's not robbers as in um, thievery. Okay, now, it very, it's very possible that what they were, their, how they were selling things, that they were making extra money or they had dishonest weights. It doesn't really say that's a very much of a possibility. But the robbers, what they're, they're, he's talking about in Jeremiah, are violent people. It's not just that they're stealing. It's that they're violent and they would go to a den, right, to, to, be, to um, hide. Okay, you kind of you getting the picture now. It's not, hey, you've made this a, a place of thievery. It is, they, they go to a den to get away and to hide from um, the authorities. And what what they were doing back in Jeremiah's day, when when God said this through Jeremiah, was they would go outside of the temple, right, and they would live however they wanted to live. They would sacrifice to Baal. They would, um, they would commit adultery and they would do all kinds of bad stuff. You know, they, they worship all these other gods. But then they would say, you know what? Nobody can come against us because we have the temple. We have the real God right here. See, it was out of convenience. We're not going to get taken over by Assyria. We're not going to get taken over by Babylon because they can't come against our temple with our God in it. We can live however we want to out here, but when it comes down to it, we've got the temple and our God. And we, we're going to hang on to that and we are invincible because of the temple that stands in the middle of Jerusalem. Sounds a lot like churchgoers today. I'm not talking about you, of course. I'm talking about other people. How many people, they live however they want to during the week, but then they go to church just to say, you know what, I'm just going to make sure it's right. I'm going to make sure everything's okay. Or they will um, live however they want to and just send a check. Make sure I'm okay with God. I'm going to give. I'm going to go on Christmas and Easter just to make sure I get, I get okay with the big guy upstairs. That's out of convenience. See, Jesus came in, and this, this is really, I believe, the Feast of, un, um, 
unleavened bread. He comes in and he, he, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, what they had to do is they, go, they went in and cleansed uh, their house, right? They, they got out all of the yeast out of their house, which we, we think, okay, you, you get all the packets, right? And you go throw them in the, in the trash or the little jars, right? And all the, you know, it, um, it's, it was different because a lot of it was um, um, sourdough type. You know, they would, they would have they would have dough, like a, a, has anybody ever done sourdough in here? Right, sometimes you, you have these things that have lasted for like a hundred years, mm-hmm. right? Because you just keep adding to it and then you, you make some bread and you add a little bit more to it. You make some stuff and you add some more to it, right? Well, think about, okay, that's the way that they have yeast is by um, feeding this, this sourdough. They have to get rid of all their sourdough. Get rid of it. But wait, I've been feeding this stuff for the last year. And then they have to start over again. Right? But it's really a, a cleansing. Jesus came in and he cleansed the temple. You know, I'm not, I don't think... Should, should we be cleansed of sin? Yes. Mm-hmm. We need to be cleansed of our sin. We need to check ourselves. And we need to say, Lord, is there anything in us that we need to get rid of? Absolutely. But you know what? I, I think it, what he was doing is more than anything saying... Are you here out of convenience? Are you here just to make sure that you're okay? In other words, are you living how you want to live every day? And then you just check in with God and say, I just want to make sure and check that box so I can get to heaven just in case something happens. And he's saying, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. It has to be, I'm going to live with him as Lord and Savior, as King, and not just a box check for convenience. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, where everything gets cleaned out. Then, of course, you have Passover. Now, now I, I, I've got, I've got to... I've got to admit something here. I've been mixing my feasts. And uh, maybe some of you all have too, so maybe you can join me here. I think of Jesus as the Passover lamb who was slain for what? Our sins. Wait a second. That's not what Passover is about. Why was was the lamb slain for Passover? So the angel of death would pass over, right? That's Passover. It's so they could get out of Egypt, right? Get out of bondage. It wasn't for forgiveness as much. That's another feast. But it was it was to to get out of the bondage of Egypt. By, by the way, it was the firstborn, right? The firstborn of Egypt was the ones that that got um, that the um, angel of death. Um, killed, right? Jesus was the firstborn. Right? He had to be the firstborn, so he, he took the place so that we could get out of, out of bondage. What? Out of bondage for what? Our sins. Right? Not, not forgiveness, but out of bondage. Well, we'll see forgiveness later. Um, this, this is an amazing...
Um, in John 8, this is real, I, I think I brought this up a few weeks ago. John 8, verse 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? Now, this is the most ridiculous thing that anybody can ever say. These are Jews who, who, who practice the Passover every year. And the whole thing, if you've gone through a Passover thing, is this is what happened in Egypt. We were slaves in Egypt. You look through the whole Old Testament, we were slaves in Egypt and God set us free. We were slaves in Egypt and God set us free. Over and over. We were slaves in Egypt and God set us free. We never were Abraham's descendants. We've never been enslaved to anyone. And Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave to sin. And Jesus has come as the Passover lamb in order that we don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. And sin is slavery. It is slavery. Number one, there, there's, there's death involved. That's another feast, all right? But he doesn't want us to keep on sinning over and over and over and over. Is there forgiveness? Yes. Okay? All right? This is not, this is not condemnation time. All right? Don't take that at all, please. This is not... This is not, hey, I'm trying to be the Holy Spirit and convict you of your sin. What I am trying to say is, look, God does not want you to be chained to sin, no matter what sin that is. Whether it's something that we might consider small, like, you know, I, I just, I lie every year on my tax return. Okay? All right? Sometimes that's a, maybe a small thing, and sometimes you could have a really, look, it, this is, it could be something that we consider small or it could be something that we consider really big. doesn't matter. Sin is, it's enslaves you. And Jesus came that you don't have to be enslaved to that sin anymore, no matter what sin that is. He wants to break that. And he came. Consider this, okay? God sent his son to die so that you don't have to be a slave to that sin. It's that important to him. He wants that broken. Question is, do you want it broken? Let me encourage you. Get to the point that you want it broken, no matter what that is. Whether it's something big, something small, something that it's okay for you to share and say, you know what, I, every morning I got up and I kicked my dog just because I had to kick somebody and I wasn't going to kick somebody else. I kicked my dog. Every, I don't have a dog, so okay, my dog's okay. <laughs> All right, don't, don't come to my house and say, don't sing Peter over. All right, like, okay, and you, you can get up and say, I stopped kicking my dog. 
All right? Maybe it's something, or it could be something a lot bigger than that. God doesn't want you enslaved to that thing anymore. Get to the point you want to say, you're going to say, I don't want that in my life. And let me tell you what, God will break it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's immediate. I'm not saying that, um, that it doesn't, won't take work. Sometimes, and a lot of times, um, God will, it can be overnight. And God will just take that desire away from you. I've, I've seen people that are, have been addicted to you know, alcohol or drugs or whatever, and one, one day they're addicted, and the next day they're totally free. I've seen it happen. Doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's a real struggle, whether it's cigarettes, I, you know that, you know which, or it, or drugs, or, or something along those lines, where somebody has to every day say, "Not today." Sometimes it's every hour. I'm not not this hour. Then you get to the next hour. Not that hour either. Okay. But God will help you to whether it is a that that hourly choice or daily choice, or whether He breaks it, boom, and all of a sudden you're totally changed. And sometimes He'll break a lot of the big things and a lot of the, some of the smaller things. He said, "Okay, you got to work this one off." But I want to let you know I've worked on this for you. God doesn't want you enslaved to the sin. Is there a sin in your life that you're enslaved to? Maybe it's something that everybody would look at and go, boy, that's bad. Or maybe it's, you know what, you just got to get rid of the anger. Or bitterness. Is there a sin that you really need Jesus to break today? God sent his son to die so that those sins will be broken. No matter how big, no matter how small, he wants us to live in freedom. Does that mean we'll we'll ever be perfect? Not until we see him face to face. But as long as you're you're on that road, and you recognize, okay, I'm on the road. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm doing as much as I can to, to be there. There's so much grace. There is so much grace in Jesus. And then I'm going to talk just briefly about um, the Day of Atonement. See, that's what I was getting mixed up on. See, Jesus gets cut off in the middle of the week. Some people will go, I've heard that before somewhere. Maybe you'll look that up later. He gets cut off in the middle of the week, right? And he, you see, once a year, there was a day of atonement, right? Where the sins were placed on the sacrifice, and that once a year that sacrifice was made and the high priest 
would then go in and sprinkle the blood on the altar. So not only was Jesus the lamb that was slain, but he was also that sacrifice where all the sins were placed upon him. All of our sins. Because Jesus didn't have any. You know, we... um, We talk about love. We talk about the love that we have for one another. We talk about, you know, um, even husbands and wives, and you know, really as, as a church family, you know, we love each other, and I, and I believe that we do. I mean, if you were here last week, I bawled my eyes out because Kevin and Lynn were leading, right? And we love each other. And that's great. How much love did it take for the father to say, I'm going to send my son. And he's going to be absolutely perfect. Not one sin, not one thing wrong that he did. He didn't do anything bad his entire life. And I'm going to let every sin of every person in the entire world from the beginning of time until the end to be placed on my son. You want to talk about guilt? How many of y'all have ever felt guilty about anything? Mm-hmm. Like like really guilty. Like, boy, I messed up and I got to do something. Okay? How much guilt do you think was placed upon Jesus? How much of that weight of, of, of guilt, the weight of sin, the weight of, of, of all the evil? Think about how much evil there is. All the, the evil of Hitler, the evil of Mussolini, the evil of all of these guys, all the sin of, of, of Stalin and, and Mao and all of these really, really bad Guys, Putin, okay? And it all got put on Jesus at one time. How much love of the Father to say, I'm going to send my son. They like, you ask me, I got, I got four daughters that I just adore. You say, hey, why don't you send one of them out? Uh-uh. Not me. Go, go find somebody else. Right? You, you, how about, you guys feel the same way? Don't, don't send one of mine. Uh, you pick somebody else to go. Right? How much love of the Father to say, take mine? For you. Now, we're going to pick up with that next week. Because the Day of Atonement actually gets split. And we'll pick up the Day of Atonement next week. But let me finish by just saying, look, if there is sin that you need forgiven, I told you he came in order to break the sin, right? To break those, those habits, to break the bondage, to, to break um, uh, that 
those chains off of us. Right? He, he wants us to be broken away from the sin, but there, if there is sin that you need forgiven, there is forgiveness. If there's sin that you just, if there's a weight of guilt or a weight of, of um, you know, I just can't get beyond this. I did X, Y, and Z to X, Y, and Z person back in my life, in, in before life, and if there's something that you need to get rid of, it can be completely, totally forgiven. Completely gone. Wiped clean. You don't have to consider it anymore. You don't have to think about it. It doesn't have to haunt you. It can be done today. So there's, there's really three things that I want you to really consider as we before we pray. Okay? Um, number one, if Jesus walked in here today, what's he going to find? If he looked you in the eyes and he said, I want to be inside you. What does inside you look like? Are you ready? Or would you say, Wait a second, Jesus. Let me go home and come back later. Let's 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 try this again in a few hours, right? Or are you ready? Is there is there a sin in your life that you need to to break the bondage of that you just like I just can't get rid of it? I just, I just I just I need that broken. I need it broken off. I need to get rid of it. I need to not think about that anymore. I need to not do that anymore. I need to not. Um, participate in that anymore I need to I need to get rid of those things whether that is something that you're doing like with your your you know physically your your hands your lips your right or it's something down deep in your heart like like unforgiveness or bitterness or or, or anger you know anger could be outward or it could be inward right are those are there sins that you need to get rid of he's here to break those things today or are there sins that you just need to be forgiven of? That you've just not been able to, maybe you've not been able to forgive yourself. And God wants you to know He is faithful and just, faithful and righteous. That if you, whatever you ask and confess, say, Lord, I need to confess this. He is faithful to forgive those things and cast them from you as far as the east is from the west. Is there something you need to get rid of today? Because the Lord is here to do those things for you. Let's pray together. And then, um, Lord, I, I pray right now for each person here. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and that you would... Um, Lord, wherever, where conviction needs to come, Holy Spirit, you're the one to convict, not me, not somebody else. If someone needs to be convicted of anything in here, Holy Spirit, that's your job. If there's something that would prevent you, for, or prevent us from saying, yeah, Jesus, come on in. We lack faith. We lack hope. We lack desire to have that relationship Holy Spirit, show us. 
If there's a bondage in our life that we need to have broken, Lord, I pray that you will break those things today, immediately. And Lord, the same way, Lord, if there is a sin that we need to, that we've just not been able to forgive ourselves, or we've not been able to confess, or we've not, we've not been able to get rid of the guilt, there is freedom from that guilt today. Lord, I pray that you will break every bond, every guilt, every everything in, in each person here that they need so they can walk more closely with you. Let it be done today. And Lord, I speak a blessing over each person, over their family, Lord, as they go out today, let them be blessed and not cursed. Let them be prosperous in everything that they put their hands to. Lord, let, let them um, be uh, free of any demonic influence. Lord, let them be impervious to any attack. Lord, let them walk closely with you. Lord, let your presence be upon them each and every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, also, as, us as usual, um, as I've mentioned before, if anybody in here needs